This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1098 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from the Driving Radio Show. In this second part of their discussion on interval training, Glenn and Wendy go into more detail about what interval training is, including how to create a custom program for your own horse, whether he's a halflinger or a hackney. And we'll get right to our tip after this from Dr. Roses. Today's podcast has been brought to you by Dr. Rose's Remedies All-Natural Healing Salve. Developed by veterinarian Dr. Rose DeLiva, the Dr. Rose's Skin Treatment Salve is an all-natural, anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antifungal, antiseptic, and anti-scarring product that contains no artificial colorings or preservatives. It works to promote the healing of scratches, relieve inflammation and irritation, promote the healing of wounds, and moisturize the skin of the horse. Because it has so many healing qualities and uses all-natural ingredients, Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment is the safe, effective salve that every horseman should have in their tack box. Ask for Dr. Rose's Remedies All-Natural Healing Salve at your local tack store, or you can go to drrosesremedies.com. That's D-R-R-O-S-E-S-R-E-M-E-D-I-E-S.com. Now, last week, we started a two-part series on interval training. And last week, you talked about the basics of interval training and what was involved. And if you missed that, go back and listen to last week's episode. It'll be episode 196. This week, we're going to get a little bit into more detail, aren't we, on on actually getting started and doing it. Now, I have to tell you, I got several emails and Facebook messages from our listeners who, because I'm going to do this interval training with Scooter, who are wanting to play along. So they also want to do some interval training in the spring here to get their horses in shape and and that kind of thing. So uh, we have a couple people playing along at home, and I'm sure there's more than than had contacted me. So what are we going to do today? How are we going to approach this? Well, you know, that's I'm glad that people are going to follow along. Um, And like you were saying, you wanted like a chart to tell you exactly what to do each week. And I can't like I can't tell you exactly what to do each week because it all depends on your pony but i can tell you how to figure out what your plan is Um, i also got a message after that show that said um i hope you go over small pony and mini conditioning but the thing is conditioning is conditioning is conditioning right so the the basics that we're going to talk about works for a little mini up to a big horse okay so to get started to design our plan, we have to ask some questions, right? So this is like what we talked about last week. So what is my breed type? Because that's going to tell you how much slow twitch fibers they have and how much fast twitch fibers they have. So if you're training a thoroughbred to do endurance, that's going to be much harder to do, right? Because we talked about the thoroughbreds have a high percentage of fast twitch muscles that are made for sprinting, right? So it's going to be hard to train a thoroughbred for distance, just like it's going to be hard to train a draft horse for speed. Right. Okay? Okay. 
So in my case, I have a fat, hackney, previously starved pony. Right. And, yeah. and for your case, too, that's a, I, one of the reasons why I want to choose your pony for this example is because we have to be kind of careful with him because he was starved. So he could have damage to his muscle tissue, including his heart, and have some metabolic issues. So we have to know when we need to back off on our training if it proved to be too hard for him. Uh, on the good point for Scooter, he's a hackney pony. It's impossible to kill those things. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's so you have a hackney pony uh, has probably a good 50-50 mix of slow twitch and fast twitch fibers. They're sport horses. So you're, start, so you're starting off in a good place, right? Right. Um, and he's not starved anymore. I mean, he really is fat. No. He and is happy. fat. Yeah. And then and you have to decide what your discipline is. So we decided you're going to train to do a training level CDE, right? Is that what we decided? Didn't we? Did I talk to about this with you? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, well, uh, that's what you're going to do. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> For interval training, your goal Purposes. is you want to do a training level CDE at the Florida Horse Park in January. Okay. Okay. So the reason that's important is you have to know what is involved with your job. Okay. So what, what are you going to ask your pony to do? And, um, and we have to know when, what the time frame is. Like, are you trying to interval train your pony for a CDE like in a month? Because if he's just walking around the field, you're never going to make it there in a month. And then what is your pony's attitude towards exercise? What does Scooter like to do? Stand around and eat? <clears throat> yes, he likes to stand around and eat, and exercise is not his favorite thing. But he likes to go down the road. He likes to be... Well, even then, he does it pretty slowly. You know, he's not hes not a speed demon. Like, the last hackney I had was a roadster pony. Yeah. And had been, like, Ohio State champ. And that hackney pony was like driving a Ferrari. Everything was always in fifth gear. Uh, whereas Scooter, everything's in first or second gear most of the time. Well, then in that case, you're really except gonna... when he's bolting, then it's in fifth gear. Okay, yeah. so that you have a fifth gear. There is a fifth gear. Yes. So you have to make sure <laughs> you have to make sure he's fit enough to be able to want to use that fifth fifth gear. So you just, that's just something you keep in the back of your mind. So, Glenn, um, do you know what? Do you know what would be asked from you if you did a training level CDE on Marathon Day? Uh, remind me. Okay. Well, the maximum, and also you can find all this information out in the ADS and the USEF rule books online. It lays it all out. Okay. So that's a good place to start. Whatever your discipline is, go look what you could be asked to do. So the maximum distance on Marathon is uh, 12 kilometers at training level. And this would be like a three-phase, right? So just okay. to spite the FEI, we're going to talk about three-phase CDEs. Um, so the first section is just the roads and tracks. There's no hazards. By the way, that's about, what, seven and a half miles. Yeah, it's about seven and a half miles. Okay. So, yeah. And um, it's, at a, it's at a nice pace, 13 kilometers per hour. So that means every kilometer would take you four minutes and 36 seconds. Well, that's a pretty good clip. Yeah, so, so like the step one in conditioning is you got to find out what his, like what's the pace that he trots 
very comfortably for a long periods of time. About 25 minutes a kilometer. Uh. <laughs> well, then you have a lot of work. <laughs> uh, and then also there's a one kilometer walk, and that is at five kilometers per hour. So you have 10 minutes to walk. Oh, sorry, you're, that's a 12 minute. I'm on horse time. So this, the, you can walk one kilometer in 12 minutes. So I'm sure that he can do that. That's pretty slow. And then you have a 10-minute rest, and while you're in the vet box, they're going to take your temperature, pulse, and respiration and see how quickly you recover. So they're monitoring your fitness by that, doing that, and that's the basis of interval training. Okay, so that's what we're going to do to see if we're ready for this. And the last section is the B section with the hazards that we're all used to seeing at uh, horse driving trials. So that could be six kilometers long with four hazards. And so when you think about this, you think, okay, my pony's going to need to to jog essentially 12 kilometers and have four sprints in that and with only like a 10-minute rest. So right now, if you think about what Scooter does every day, how far are you away from that? Uh, about as far as you can get. <laughs> That's what I thought. So that's why you're going to keep in mind one of my favorite apps for joggers, for human joggers. It's called Couch to 5K. Couch to 5K? Yeah, Couch to 5K. So essentially, you are doing Couch to, to 12K with Scooter. This okay. barn to 12K. Oh, we should make an app. There you go. <laughs> that would be a good app. But what you do is, if you're just couch potato... No way could you take Scooter out and go 12 kilometers with some no. sprints, right? He'd be like, he'd, he'd never want to get in the trailer again. No. So what we're going to do is break it up into little parts so that he can just jog a little bit, rest. But not all the way rest. Just rest a couple minutes, catch his breath, then go some more. Okay? And so step one, you have to make sure he has the endurance to just do that part, okay, before we start doing the really intense interval training. So you should mark out a course on your, in your neighborhood where you drive and mark out your kilometers so you know where your kilometers are and then bring a watch. Or like, remember I was talking about the Endomoto app? Yes. That How do you spell that anyway? It's E-N-D-O... M-O-T-O, endomoto. Okay. And that tells you your pace. So how many kilometers an hour you're going. And so what you're going to start off with, say you're like just couch. You start off with like, a, you know, a 10-minute warm-up walk. And then you want to trot for like a kilometer. And if you haven't marked out your kilometers, trot for four minutes and 30, and 30 seconds you know, at a good clip, and maybe you'll be close to that kilometer time. And then stop and and look at your pony. Is he, like, panting to death because he can't even go a kilometer at the trot? Because if he is, then you're going to, you know, you need to, you're going to be in the endurance zone for a long time. If he's not, if he's fine, then walk for 30 seconds and then trot again. And do some sets like that, but with lots of walk breaks. 
So shorter sets, uh, more walk breaks. More walk breaks. And also, if you have a heart monitor, that's great. And they're actually pretty reasonable now. So a heart monitor is a really great training tool because you can see if your horse is in pain or if you're working them too hard. Um, but if you don't have a heart rate monitor, because I don't, I don't have a heart rate monitor, but um, what I do is I get their resting heart rate. So I always want to know what my horse's resting heart rate is. And that's important too, because you should just know that so that you know if they're sick. You know, the first thing I always ask people when their horse is colicking is what's their temperature, pulse, and respiration, right? So you should know that anyways. That's good to know. And do you know how to take your pony's pulse? Yes. You do? I'm so proud of you. <coughs> Jennifer taught me. Oh, I'm glad you know how to do it. I was thinking you were just going to say, I have Jennifer do it. Well, I do. Yeah, <laughs> but I do watch her do it. And I can actually do temperature and all that stuff, too. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, your pony's heart rate is probably like somewhere 25 to 30, right? Yeah. I think last time we actually took it, it was like 28. Well, that's good because he's small. So, And that's good that he has 28. So it's probably pretty fit. The smaller they get, the faster their heart rate will be, right? Mm-hmm. So then you want to work him in the aerobic range. The aerobic range is where you can just trot down the road happily and his heart rate goes up to about 150 beats per minute, right? So to see where you're at there, like this week, the first week in your interval training, go out. And do the walk, trot, walk sets I told you about. Do like four of those. And then stop and get off the carriage and check his heart rate. And you should be about 150 beats per minute. And just stand there, or you can get back in and walk around for two minutes. But check it after two minutes. And make sure he's like recovering quickly. Right? He should be coming down to like 100 beats per minute after two minutes. Okay. If he, if after two minutes of that amount of trotting, <clears throat> he's like standing there panting, you know, can't go on, then you need to do a lot more sets over a longer period of time. So then you're going to monitor. So then that's your basis, right? So you get to know where you're at at a hundred. So you know when you're in your aerobic range. So, okay, got it. So then you need to work up to your distance. You need to be able to go that you're 12 kilometers and, and not like overtax him. And you can split those up into walk, trot, walk breaks, but you need to figure out how, um, you need to figure out when you're pushing them too hard. So frequently walking and, and, checking the heart rate, and even if you don't want to get out of the carriage, because I know a lot of people don't want to get out of the carriage, you can look at their breath. Like, are they gasping for breath? Because that's bad, right? You need to back off. If they're not sweaty at all and they're not even breathing hard, then you need to push them harder. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So then, um, and you're going to have your kilometers marked out. So then you can start to see... Like, if you think Scooter really can't make 13 kph, that's when you're going to need to start pushing harder into the anaerobic range so that he can make that, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
It's like, um, like when you're jogging. Do you jog? You don't jog. I used to. I actually used to do 5K races. Okay, well, when you used to jog, remember there's a pace that you could do forever? Yep, that's right. But there's a pace that like, oh, you know, you can do it, but you're kind of like, oh, this is going to be painful. I don't want right. to keep going this Right, pace. exactly, yes. But with more and more running, your speed gets faster, right? That pace that you're comfortable in gets to be faster and faster. So with a lot of breaking it up into little intervals, like say you do this trotting and you find out that scooter can only go comfortably like 11 kilometers per hour. So you're going to need to do like trot for a couple for a couple minutes, walk for a couple minutes, then trot for like maybe four minutes, but then trot on for a minute. So that would be another set where we're trying to get him faster. You okay. see what I'm saying? Yep, yep. So that would be a minute walking, four minutes trotting in his comfortable trot, and then a minute pushing him to trot on. And you could do like start off with four sets of those until he's doing that comfortably. And what you'll see is like in a week or two, his comfortable trot will be the faster trot because he'll be stronger. How many days a week do you? Well, I mean, that depends too. That's kind of, it depends on what your goals are. Like if you really need to get this fit now, then you probably need to go three times a week. But like you're on a schedule where, you're going to do this over six months. So, you know, one to two times a week would be fine to have that as your endurance day. Okay. And there are other days you could do, you know, dressage or rest is really important. I, like, I really like them to rest the day after your endurance day. So He likes rest day, too. And, and, you know, it's really important because horses, especially, like I was saying, if your guy doesn't really like to work, if you push him too hard and he gets sore in his muscles, he's going to see that carriage coming and pin his ears and not want to go with you. Mm -hmm. And that right, happens. There's a fine line there, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm saying break it up into little <clears throat> things. It was like what, what I said last week. The instructor saying, come on, push it. You want to get skinny. You know, like, or like, I just ate a cupcake. <laughs> Remember, and now yes. I, when I go to the gym, I'm going to push it extra hard because I just ate a giant cupcake. But the horses don't think that. So we have to encourage them in some way that makes them happy to do their job. And one of the ways is to not push them too hard so they don't associate you with muscle pain. So that should take you, if you did that twice a week, right? Mm -hmm. I would say from where you are now, in like eight weeks, you'd be pretty close to your goal of being able to make like 5K, a 1K You think walk. that quickly? Yeah, because he's pretty yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah, he's not. And if you did it twice a week? I have been driving him two or three times a week, so. Yeah, that's two yeah. months. I think you could do that in two months. And it all depends, you know, like everybody has setbacks. So you'd have to, let's say, eight weeks to 12 weeks, I think you should be able to do a training level marathon course with 
you know, and the next part of this talk is you have to add in the hazards, right? So now you're conditioned enough that you can make the course without them being tired or hurt. So how are you going to do the hazards? Like your hazards aren't timed, but at training level, but I'm not going to let you go in and just plod around the hazards because I can't be seen with you if you go that slow. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be navigating for you. So you're going to have to go fast. That's a damn good thing because I don't remember. (laughs) I have this problem. I'm not going to remember where to go. So uh, it's not the pony I'm worried about, actually. So, so the hazards are usually about 600 meters from the start to the finish. And that's where you get timed, remember? When you hit the start flags, they start your right. time. You go as fast as you can in the course, in the hazards, and then they hit the stop when you come out. So really, that is a sprint pace. So you're sprinting in there as fast as you can go. So the hazard part actually is all anaerobic exercise, right? You're using your fast twitch muscles to run and turn and gallop and blah, blah, blah. So at home, people don't usually practice hazards. They maybe don't have hazards or they, um, you know, maybe it's not safe where their barn is or just maybe they just don't practice hazards. Even if you don't have hazards. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to practice, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to practice, but you just have to build those muscles somehow before you get into the real competition. So to do that, to build your fast twitch fibers, you need to get them working in the anaerobic range. Three day eventers, or should I say tri equestrian isms, <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll do gallop sets. And, like, remember back in the day when they had the uh, steeplechase phase? Yep, yep. Yeah, so they would be doing lots of gallop sets. So for our combined driving horses, we can get them into the anaerobic range, which is like doing some sprint work, uh, either by really pushing on with our speed, or you can increase the weight of your carriage, or you can find some hills. Uh, One of the... One of the things I was thinking about when I was doing this article was, um, remember Wilson Groves from Live Oak? He won the best Omega Alpha Award. Yes. Well, Wilson and his wife, Robin, live in Vermont, and they have these huge hills. Oh, they do, mountains. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's like their regular trotting around is is on these. Yeah, his hills are a little different than ours in Florida. Yeah, and even coming from, they come for the whole (laughs) winter, and even though they're at black prong all winter their horses are so fit and have so much fast twitch muscle fibers already from all that hill work that they stay conditioned so so climbing up that hill to the gulch the the bridge is not hard for them but for our florida horses we never ask them to go up a hill that no you're right (laughs) yeah so we have to find a different way to train that we have to find a different way we just don't have hills right so you could find like maybe if you always drive on the road when you want to push them, go into the grass on the side of the road or go into like a sand arena. Um, now, saying that, you got to be careful with that. You don't want to tear anything, like m- make sure your horse's ligaments are strong and they're fit enough to do that heavier work at the time. Um, but like a push pace, say for you, a good example for you with your situation, you do a walk for like a minute and then do a four-minute, your regular trot, which now you've worked up for it to be at least 13 kilometers per hour, right? And then um, 
you could make him trot as fast as he can for a minute. You know, like really go. Or canter if it's safe to where you are to canter for a minute. And then bring him down, walk, and then do that set again. Where do I put bolting in there? Is, uh, no, you can't bolt. You have uh, to control. Because in the hazards, if you're bolting, you won't be able to steal. I know. Yeah, I'm working on the bolting <laughs> thing. We're working on that. So. But say say you're bolting, so you don't want to canter on the road. <clears throat> right. But for you, that's all you have there. But you have that big, um, your big field. Oh, uh, we do. We have fields, and we use those. And, and actually, we have a ring that's sand, so... Yes, yeah, so uh, we do take them in there to do you know our own little obstacles and stuff, and that's you know it's a little bit deep, so it slows them down. Yeah, so and that's where you have to realize, okay, this is making my carriage like twice as heavy. Right. So so a minute of that is really as much as he needs to do, and then rest, and then do another minute of it later. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. 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 So that's how you start planning your your interval sessions because there's no one plan that's going to work for every horse. But as long as you do like a short walk so that they're, you don't want their, them to be totally recovered. Right. So if, if we say we got out of the carriage after we worked them, checked their heart rate and then checked it two minutes later and they were like down to a hundred beats per minute. Right. That's a good fit pony. So if you do, a one-minute walk in your in your interval sessions, their heart rate's not going to be too low. It's still going to be in a good range where they're still, you know, getting some cardiovascular fitness. And then when you do the push pace, the anaerobic range where you're up to like 180 beats per minute after sprinting, and then you give them a minute walk, they've probably come down to probably like 150, Right? So where right. The, where we want them to be at when we do our trot. Then you go back to your 13 kph trot. Okay, I can't wait to get started with my interval training of Scooter. Now, Scooter can wait. He's standing outside my window right now, looking over towards me, just hoping for food. <laughs> uh, so I think he can wait, but I can't wait to get started. Now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try three times a week. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I've been doing anyway. But I'm going to actually write out my little plan. Yeah, write out your plan. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's going to be the key. And, and now that I know, you know, I'll, I'll do my walk and my trot. And, and uh, with Scooter, it's walk, uh, slow trot, a uh, uh, little bit faster trot. Right. Uh, actually, trotting on is not in the plan yet. Uh, we have to work up to that. Well, you don't have so. to yeah, You don't have to do that in the first couple of weeks. You need to work up to it. Right, exactly. So that's what we'll do, and we'll put a little plan together now. And and it's interesting because we do have a big backfield that's good for trotting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good on his feet too. So um, we can actually do that and measure it by we can actually measure it by laps too. Yeah, a lot of people so. do it by laps. A lot of ridden people do it by laps. We with the carriage can increase the difficulty by adding weight. You know, but right, when you're you know, riding, I, you have to increase it by speed alone. And I think we'll do that as we get further down the line. Then Jennifer can hop on the cart with me as we want to, if we want to increase, uh, you know, the weight. That's a yeah. that's simple way. Simple way to do that for us is to throw somebody else on the cart. Well, and that's a really important thing that I actually didn't cover. If you were planning on doing marathon, you have to take a person with you. But right. almost all of us train alone. You know, right. just one that person. That is true. So you're really adding like another 150 pounds to the the pony on the day of the competition. 
So if you want to be at your best, you need to maybe take friends with you once in a while. Or, you know, some people use sandbags or whatever. But it's more fun oh. to take a friend. Yeah, that is more fun. <laughs> well, very good. I'm excited. I'll, I'll keep everybody informed of how it's going. And then we want to hear from you. If you're playing along, just post a, something on our Facebook page at Driving Radio Show. Yeah. And remember, too, you don't have to stick to, like, you write out your plan. But it's going to change, right? You have to learn how to read your pony's fitness and you change it accordingly. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guests at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible today through the generous support of Dr. Rose's Remedies. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. Music.